Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Friends, welcome to the Monica Swanson podcast powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. When you're reading a story together, you're rooting for the same character. You're holding your breath at the same moment or wondering, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? And so it just really bonds you together. So even if you're having a hard time with some of your kids, and this has happened with me with all of my kids at different times, right? Where we'll start butting heads and things are a little more fraught than normal. But then we'll sit down to either listen to an audiobook or read, and it's like we sort of remember we're, we're doing the same thing here. We're on the same team. We're cheering for the same characters. And it gives us this shared language and this shared experience, exactly like when you watch a movie and your family can quote The Princess Bride later. It's the same thing with books. It's really fun. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited about today's conversation. This is like the best way we can kick off summer. And I know depending on your kid's school schedule and all of that, some of you are diving into summer in the next week or two. Some of you have a little ways to go, but this is an episode you want to hold on to. It's also an episode where there's going to be packed show notes, okay? Because Sarah's going to mention a lot of things, a lot of links and book lists. And so I'm going to make sure to have links to all those things over in show notes, which today you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash Sarah dash McKenzie. Okay. Sarah is awesome. She's so much fun to talk to. I have followed her and admired her for years. So this was a thrill for me. And I think you're just going to love her. You're going to feel like you just got to know a good new friend. Um, and again, she, this, this episode, just to be clear, if you're like, Hmm, do I have time to listen to this? Whether you have little, little kids or teenagers, I think there's something in here that will inspire you. Sarah is talking about reading aloud to our kids and all the reasons why that is so good to do. She's also talking about um, kids reading independently. She's talking about audiobooks. There was so much in there. I ended this conversation just wanting to become a better reader myself, to read more, and also to make a plan to really get more intentional about reading with my son. So I think you're going to love this. Uh, we talked quite a long time, but it's all so good. So I'll keep this short and sweet. Just want to thank you for being here and remind you um, that it really helps if you follow or subscribe to this podcast. You can do that by just clicking on that little plus sign in your podcast app. Also, this is a great episode to share with your friends. And you can do that by taking a screenshot right here of this episode, share it to your social media stories. If you're on Instagram, tag me at Monica Swanson underscore. And um, I love to see those and I love to reshare them as well. So let's do this. Let's dive right in and talk with Sarah McKenzie about having a great summer of reading with your kids. I hope you're encouraged. 
Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here. Oh, this is so exciting for me. I feel like I'm fangirling a little bit because I followed <laughs> you for so long. I think you started your online life just before I did, but you started podcasting when I hardly knew podcasts were a thing. So you've been a busy <laughs> woman and I love everything you do. So before we dive in, why don't you give a little introduction? Oh yeah, I'd love to. So my husband, Andrew, and I live in the Pacific Northwest with our six kids. Uh, well, two are off at college now, so they're mm -hmm. not really living at home anymore. Mm -hmm. You know how that changes the dynamic. Yep. Um, and we homeschool our other four. Well, we've homeschooled all of them, but now we're mm -hmm. homeschooling the other four. We've got another one graduating this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm the host of the Read Aloud Revival podcast and online community. And we're really focused on helping homeschooling moms fall more in love with their very ordinary bookish lives. So helping their kids fall in love with books and helping them fall in love with homeschooling. Uh, and we do that through the podcast and some book lists and recommendations for helping kids fall in love with reading. And, um, and then recently, uh, because we didn't have enough to do, yeah. question mark. Right. I don't really know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> we decided to launch a boutique publishing house. So a very small independent press. Um, we've just released our first book. We've got actually mine, the second one just arrived in the mail today. Oh, so it was a very exciting wow. morning. Um, and we're going to be making read alouds. So the first couple of books I've written, we're just kind of trying to make all the mistakes on my own stuff. And then sure. we're really hoping to just open up and make more beautiful read alouds for families to enjoy together. So it's kind oh, of Oh, that is so cool. I just love it. A boutique publishing house. So much fun. <laughs> and we're going to talk about your new book. I just think it's it's beautiful, which is right yeah. there in the name. So we'll talk about that. But first, we got to just kind of go back to your introduction. You may not know this. This is the first time you and I have gotten to speak in person mm -hmm. over the ocean, but I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Um, not right oh. near, you're from Spokane, is that right? Spokane, yep, yeah. right on the Idaho border. Uh -huh. Right. Well, I'm from Gig Harbor, Washington. So, okay. Yes, Seattle, well, Puget Sound. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Yes. We, my husband and I got married and lived for the first several years over on that West side of the state Aww. of Washington state. So yeah, very Yay. familiar. So you moved somewhere sunny and I moved somewhere yeah. uh, sunnier in the summer, but colder in the winter. Right. You get more extreme <laughs> seasons. You get a lot yeah. of snow, right? Tons. Aww. Lots of snow. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. My boys would be jealous. I know they live in Hawaii and they're blessed, but they dream of living where they would get snow. So no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's fun the first several times and then <laughs> it kind of loses its shine a little right. bit. Right. Well, we also have in common that you have two in college. I, my oldest two, one just graduated college last year. Oh, the other is in college, but um, tell us where they are. Are they away from home or near home? Where's college? Yeah, they're both far away. Mm -hmm. My oldest is at Franciscan University of Steubenville, which is a Catholic college in Ohio. Wow. And she's studying English. She has one more year there after this spring. She'll like, we're closing in on her junior year. So she's got one cool. more year. And then our second is actually in Georgia at what? Savannah College of Art and Design. She's studying sequential arts and illustrations. So sequential arts are like the illustrations in a graphic novel or a comic. Okay. It's a kind of story, visual storytelling. Wow. And illustrations. That's fun. And then our third is graduating this uh, spring, and he will be going also to Franciscan University in Ohio. He's decided to join his sister there. Oh, so my goodness. None of them will be close. They're all in Crazy. East Coast time zone, very yeah. far away from me. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But look at you. You've homeschooled and you've raised kids to do really incredible. They sound like smart kids. Do you know what? It's so fun, Monica, because I think sometimes when we homeschool, you know, like we'll hear this concern. <laughs> and we all have it already. Like, am I holding my kids back from being mm -hmm. able to develop anything they'll need? Yeah. Interestingly enough, my oldest daughter has an anxiety disorder. We didn't know that when she was young. We just thought she was very, very nervous mm -hmm. and skittish about things. Yeah. Um, and if you'd asked me like kind of at the height of things where we were really starting to understand what she was dealing with at about age 12, uh, and I had <laughs> three babies age one and under right. at the time. It was oh very overwhelming time. Um, I would have thought like, she's just going to really struggle with adult life. This child has gone to Europe mm. twice. Wow. She's going this summer on a mission trip to um, Uganda for eight weeks. Wow. She's like traveling the world. Just oh. it's so fun to watch your yeah. kids fly yes. in the unique way God made them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and in ways that surprise you, which right? is just so much fun. I don't think I was 
prepared for the joy of uh-huh. adult children. No, nope, <laughs> I'm adult right children. there with you. So awesome. I'm really inspired by what your kids are doing and talking about the sequential, what was that Sequential called? arts. Arts. Yeah. It just reminds me, I have a 12-year-old right now doing IEW, and I know you and I both have a friend in Andrew Poudois and the yes. Institute for Excellence in Writing, and I think about those visual art stories they have to write, and maybe that played a little role in inspiring your daughter. Yes. You know, it's so interesting. When she went, when we toured the school, we heard sequential arts, but I don't think either her or I knew that's what they were called, mm-hmm. but that was definitely a kind of storytelling she's always been interested in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really, the more I learn about it, the the more, I mean, one thing is, I think a lot of us, we have kids who really like graphic novels or comic books, mm-hmm. and it feels like fake reading yep. to us mm-hmm. because we're like, oh, it's not all text and all text would be more worthwhile. And instead, I've just been learning all these things. Like, for example, when you're reading a graphic novel or a comic, your multiple areas in your brain are lighting up because you have to read the text and look at the pictures to get the story. And so they call it multimodal learning, I think. Okay. That's like the fancy name for it. But it really is so interesting to me. It really reminds me that so often in parenting, if something's not hard, if something's Mm. enjoyable, we're like, this can't possibly count. Wow. And then we learn that actually there's so much happening in the brain when a child is having a very enjoyable experience of Mm. reading graphic novels. So yeah, she's my... Definitely my graphic novel kid. She's also, I mean, she's just an avid reader anyway, but uh, it's fun to see. I'm excited to see what she. Oh, that is so good. And I love, I think that's just an important piece of wisdom for all of us in parenting, even if you don't homeschool, but you know, when your Mm -hmm. kids are doing something that they're passionate about, sometimes Mm -hmm. we tend Mm -hmm. to, I have an embarrassing story that reminds me of um, when my second son, who's now a junior studying engineering at Westmont college in Santa Barbara, He was trying to finish a math class one summer that he just had neglected to finish. And he's a great mathematician, but he does love to read. He's my most just loves literature. And anyway, I remember that he wasn't doing enough math and I got really mad at him because I was like, you know, you have a deadline, you need to finish this math. And my girlfriends gave me such a hard time for this because I went out with my girlfriends and I told them the story and I said, I was like, what have you been doing? And he's like, well, I've been reading a lot of books. And I was so angry that he wasn't doing math because he was reading. And my girlfriends were like, are you kidding me? You're like getting on your son because he's reading like serious, (laughs) thick books. But we forget that like, that's so important to just let them do the things that they love. And, you know, you got to check some boxes and find time for the rest. But yeah, you know, that reminds me, I don't know. Are you familiar with Andrew Peterson? Yes. Yes. Okay. Musician for any listeners who are uh-huh. like, wait, that name's ringing a bell. Musician. He's also the author of the wing feather saga. That's right. And he talks about how he really struggled in school, wasn't doing great in school. And his poor mother who was so worried about him because he was always, instead of doing his homework or studying, he was always in his room strumming his guitar, just uh-huh. fiddling around with his guitar. And mm-hmm. look at what this beautiful ministry, yeah. this beautiful music now that he brings to the world. Right. Um, yep. And also, I feel so much for that, like that same yeah. feeling of, of exactly what you said, like the, the mother going, but wait, I want to make sure you have everything you uh-huh. need and we don't know what you need. So we need to make sure we cover yeah. a lot of bases. Yeah. Both of those things are true. They are. They are. <laughs> yeah. But we just need yeah. to sometimes appreciate those moments. So, oh, that is really cool. And then you've got more kids at home. What what are their ages mm-hmm. now? Yes. Clara is 11 okay. and the twins are almost 10, okay. Twin identical twin boys. Wow. Um, so yeah, they were real close together. Uh, oh, the, wow. Did you, Clara was, did you I have think, that in your family? Were you like, was yes. this on your radar? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I say it was on my radar because when I was a little girl, my dad was a twin. Okay. And so all my sisters and I would think, oh, I wonder if any of us are going to have twins, but we didn't get our twins till the fifth and sixth. And I had right? kind of like it was not on my radar, sure. basically. And also, Clara was only nine months old when I found out I was pregnant again. And okay. I was like, oh, we have been praying so, for more babies. But like, I did not expect them to come in quite such quick Oh, succession. my goodness. <laughs> Bless your heart. So, you know, we just get a little more tired after we've had a few. And you got number five and six twin boys. Yeah. Right yeah. after. Oh, my goodness. Yes. God yes. It was there. It was a challenging few years. Um, We were homeschooling 12, 10, 8. And then Clara uh-huh. was one and yeah. the twins were born. Um, so that was, a, but there's so much there. Like I, in, in a lot of ways, I wish I could give myself a peek 
I wish I could go back and give myself a peek of what, how things right? landed. Cause Don't we all? those homeschooling years were very light. I remember feeling like I was failing on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. And now the relationships between the older kids and the younger ones, the way they talk about their homeschooling during oh, yeah. those, year, those mm-hmm. years, it's just, I, so I wish I could give myself a glimpse, but I also think, um, like that's not a glitch. Like God does that on purpose. You're right. You know, that's why we need faith. And like, yeah. I really needed faith and I'm so, um, I, w- I just, every time I see, a a mom with a lot of little kids, yeah. I'm like, I know you're in the hardest part right now. Yeah. You know what? The other thing is, Monica, I don't know if you felt like this, but when I had all little kids, I really felt like if it's this hard now, yeah. how hard is it going to be when they're, mm-hmm. and fill in the blank, you know, teenagers, yeah. which you hear are terrible. And yes. It's not been the case in our house. Same. Um, or or how, like, how am I going to homeschool high school if homeschooling of an uh, eight-year-old exactly. is so difficult? And that's just not how it works. Right. You know, you get the grace you need mm. right the moment you need it. You do. You do. Not for what's happening in your imagination or the problems you think that are coming. Yep. So to me, it just feels like whenever I see a mom with a lot of young kids, I'm like, listen, I know it feels mm-hmm. hard because it is really hard, uh-huh. but it's going to yeah. get so good. That's <laughs> that's my same message. I love it. That's been my experience. And so, yeah, don't don't stress about what's ahead. Enjoy every bit well, of it. Well, and there's challenges, of course. Yeah. I mean, with teens and, and young adults. Yeah. And of course there are. Yeah. But again, it's mm-hmm. exactly that idea of, you know, you receiving grace the second you need it and needing faith in a different way. Yes. And so, so you were in the thick of all that when you were doing your podcasting, writing. When did your first book come out? Can you just tell us a little bit for those who don't know about your first book? Oh man. Okay. So my first book was Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace. And I actually wrote that when the, this is going to sound crazy. So you just have to bear with me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that when the twins were six months old. Oh, wow. Now the I really did it because during the whole time I was pregnant with them and then those first years, I was so hungry for this peace yeah. that we are promised that mm-hmm. transcends all understanding. Yeah. And I did not feel like I was, that was a thing in my life. I did yeah. not feel like I had this peace that transcends all understanding. I remember listening to a, like a homeschool speaker talk. Uh, it was just a recording I was listening to. Mm-hmm. While I was cleaning out a, one of my kids's bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this interview, um, the interviewer said, what would you tell a homeschooling mom if you could only tell her one thing? And he said, teach from a state of rest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is not a thing. I don't think yeah. he understands. Right. <laughs> he yep. does not know what he's mm-hmm. talking about. But it intrigued me enough. And I did know that we have been promised right. uh, an easy yoke, right? And, right? and and peace that transcends all understanding. So I thought, well, what would it look like? So really that book was just me trying to figure out what that looked like in my life yeah. with a hundred thousand children. Sure. More exactly. Than I could. Right. Um, and then interestingly, I actually self-published I was that one on my say, website. I, I think I read it back when it was just on your website. I'm pretty wow. sure that that book was like really- OG reader. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it and it really inspired me. It really was a, a transformational book in my life. So thank you for that. Oh, and how long was you. it there before it got published? I mean, I think it was about six months or okay. something. Okay. And then I was approached by a publisher to add to it and you know change some things and mm-hmm. then publish it through Classical Academic Press. And then a few years, or about that same time, I started the podcast. And really the podcast was just a hobby project. It was something that was like not changing diapers Mm -hmm. and doing Mm -hmm. long division. Right. (laughs) It was like my own thing. Yeah. And I just thought if I could um, start a podcast talking about whatever (laughs) I thought as making, bringing so much joy to our homeschool. Yes. I would talk about teach or I would talk about reading aloud because I love how mm-hmm. reading aloud has shaped our family so yep. much. And if I could talk to anybody in the world, <laughs> I would talk to Andrew Pudua because yeah. he's the one who first inspired me. Like back to Andrew Pudua mm-hmm. from the Institute for Excellence in Writing because he's the one who originally inspired me to read aloud more. Mm-hmm. But I I have this sort of ready, fire, aim personality. So <laughs> instead of thinking this all through, I sent an email to IEW and said, would Andrew Pudua be up to talking to me on my podcast about reading aloud? And within an hour, I got uh, an email back that said yes. Awesome. And I thought, oh no, because I don't have now a I have podcast. To- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pretend podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I figured out a podcast. I had That's Andrew awesome. Pudwan, who was my first guest. Okay. And, um, so and it sort of like took on a world, you know, sort of a life of its own. I think so many of us are hungry to connect with our kids. Mm. And we're also really stretched pretty thin. Yeah. So reading aloud does a few things. It's like, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. Mm-hmm. And it covers so much ground and like mm. there's so many academic benefits 
helps our kids become readers and helps us feel connected even as they're growing, becoming teenagers Mm -hmm. and we're starting to butt heads more. It kind of puts us on the same bench, puts us on the same team. And, uh, and so I think because it's free and easy and simple and has this tremendous impact that once families get a taste of it, we Mm -hmm. get really excited, which is I think why that podcast ended up doing really well. And so then that led to a second book, The Read Aloud Family, where I was really talking about that impact. So good. So awesome. Oh, I love that story. And so that is a great segue to open up this conversation. I want to just kind of talk about reading aloud. And as we go into summer soon, I know some families maybe have read aloud from the beginning. Some haven't really made that a priority, but Mm -hmm. Let's let's open up. You already mentioned some, but give us a few bullets. Like, what are the main benefits of reading aloud to kids at any age? So, the one that I think some of us have probably heard before is that reading aloud is the single best activity we can do to help our kids have academic success. And really, this comes when we boil this down. It is because reading books is the only place that we get grammatically correct, sophisticated language. So this is where Andrew Pudwa got me first. Cause he, when he was, I heard him speak and he said that there is no other time in your life where you're getting grammatically correct, sophisticated language. We don't get it in conversation with our friends or even our parents because we don't speak in grammatically correct, sophisticated language. Um, we don't even get, we don't get it from media. We don't actually even get a lot of it when we're reading ourselves with our eyes silently from the page. And the reason for that is that the better you are at reading, the more you're like skipping those small connector words. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So the only way we get it into our brain is to hear it through the ear because when you read aloud, you read every word in order. So those whole patterns are stored in order. Okay. This is huge. I don't know if I'm the only one that's like having a serious aha moment. I don't think I've heard even Andrew Pudwa say this. So I love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I do think we also tend to sort of think that reading allowed is something we do on the way to reading. You know, we'll read aloud mm-hmm. to our kids until yep. they can read themselves, but then yeah. we'll think, well, them reading it is better. But actually that's not true. It's yeah. very interesting. Them reading it is unique and beneficial in its own way. Yeah. So there's benefits to reading. But actually, as far as reading or reading aloud, we do see some unique benefits reading aloud offers. And that can actually happen through an audiobook just as well as yeah. a read aloud. Which is so cool because some people so feel cool. like, oh, it's not the same. I should have my son read or my yeah. daughter read. But if they yeah. want, if they prefer audiobook, there's benefits to that. Wow. Yeah. It's just reading with a different mode. It's like mm-hmm. well, you can read with your eyes or mm-hmm. you can read with your ears. Mm-hmm. It's the same. You know, it's just a different kind of, it's a different sense that you're taking it in through. Yeah. And there are benefits to both, both. and you need both yeah. to be a good listener and to be a good reader. Wow. You need both in your life. So yeah. they're both worth cultivating. One of the things that's so great about audiobooks is that even if you don't feel like you're good at reading aloud, because it's one of those things that if you're not doing it regularly, you're going to feel um, not good at it, right? Sure. Or self-conscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even if, if you're trying to do this with older kids, you yeah. haven't been reading aloud and now you want to maybe read aloud to your 13-year-old, yeah. they might not, you might not have great results yeah. if you're like, I'm going to sit down and read, you know, right. um, The Hobbit to you. But if you put the Hobbit on in the uh-huh. car when you're on a road trip and everybody has to have their earbuds out, <laughs> yes, then um, it will be impossible for them not to get pulled uh. into a story. And all the good things are still happening there. All this grammatically correct, sophisticated language patterns, the fact that you're connecting uh, together yeah. with a story. That's yes. kind of the second piece. And to that, that one feels really important to me, which is when you're reading a story together, you're rooting for the same character. Mm. You're holding your breath at the same moment or wondering, mm. oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And so it just really bonds you together. So even if you're having a, a hard time with some of your kids, and this has happened with me with all of my kids at different times, right? Where we'll start butting heads and things are a little more fraught than mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. But then we'll sit down to either listen to an audiobook or read. And it's like we sort of remember we're we're doing the same thing here. We're on wow. the same team. We're cheering for the same wow. characters. Awesome. And it gives us this shared language and mm-hmm. the shared experience. Yep. Exactly like when you watch a movie and your family can quote the Princess Bride. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with books. It's really fun. Oh, I so love that. And and I think that's been our experience for sure. My older boys would say some of their best memories growing up was when we all gathered around and read together. And oh, I would yeah. say I haven't been great at it, 
But they're like, no, I. that's like some of their best childhood memories. So I'm like, yes, thank you, God, for your grace. Yes, which is so good. It's like another good point that you don't actually even have to be very good at it. Um, right, right. Yeah. The other thing I love to remember about a benefit for reading aloud is that every story is really if we boiled it way down, mm-hmm. it's about a character who has a problem mm-hmm. and they have to overcome obstacles yeah. to become who they need to be in the world. Mm-hmm. So like we could take the like War and Peace or we could take Charlotte's Web or we can take a picture book, um, mm-hmm. Streganona, let's say. Mm-hmm. And they're all about a, ma- a character who has a problem and has to overcome obstacles yep. to become mm-hmm. who they need to be. Mm-hmm. So when we realize that's what a story is mm-hmm. and the fact that Jesus taught through stories, mm-hmm. every time someone asked him a question, yep. his response was a story. That's right. Then we realize that our kids are getting the opportunity to bear witness to people overcoming obstacles, like facing seemingly insurmountable odds and overcoming overcoming obstacles to become who they're supposed to be, sometimes failing and then watching them fail, sometimes succeeding and and then eventually, I should say, succeeding. And that to me feels like, you know, we can't give our kids, quote unquote, everything they need before they leave home. Right. We can give them practice. Oh my goodness walking in shoes and and this having is, these experiences of watching other people struggle so that they have all that in their you know soul bank 100% <laughs> this is like you are so speaking my language because mm. all my listeners know I talk a lot about character I have an online character training course oh, and excellent. in okay. both my book boy mom and raising amazing I talk so much about role models and the importance of of the influences in our kids lives but one of my favorite things to talk about is what you exactly what you just said that we can find people through books through good stories yes. that that show them that you can make it, that that you can make a good choice in a hard moment. Um, You know, most likely if we read a lot of good books, they're going to read about people who are going through things much harder than they will probably ever face. Mm, And so mm -hmm. my heart's desire, again, I'm just repeating what you just said and you said it great, but if one day they're out in the world and facing something really hard, I want them to have their memory bank so full of these stories of people who have done even harder things and survived and made it. Because yeah, we can't give them every experience. We can't, they can't face every adversity in those short years growing up, but through story, they really can. And I feel like it just kind of fills their bucket with all these experiences that they may not have lived, but somebody else has. So I love it. And then those stories really, they become like a part of your family culture where you can refer to them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just thinking just the other week, and this is kind of lighthearted. There wasn't like a a deeper meeting here, but (laughs) uh one of my sons, we were at our homeschool co-op and his backpack was so heavy and he was carrying it around with him everywhere. And he's like, my back really hurts. And I said, well, why don't you put down your burden, little Christian? Because we had just uh-huh. been reading Little Pilgrim's yes. Progress. Yes. And he just started laughing. And it was like, oh, we had this inside joke. Mm-hmm. And his friend who was standing there was kind of like, huh, what are you talking about? And oh, that's yeah. kind of fun. It's kind of yes. fun to have those little inside jokes or where you can sort oh, of- for sure. Yeah, speak the same language. And, Definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Okay, this is awesome. <laughs> Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation and I want to pause real quick to tell you about a great resource available through Christian Parenting that will make teaching faith at home this summer simple, engaging, and fun. And don't we all want to do that? Yes. Okay, so this resource is called Love God and Love Others and it's a four-week family challenge to help you teach your kids the greatest commandment of all time to love God and love others. So each week you're going to focus on loving God with different aspects of who you are, and it includes a few pages on a portion of the great commandment to equip you for the week ahead, scriptures and points of truth for your family to reflect on together, and fun challenges to try it with your family. This resource is an amazing opportunity for your family to grow closer to each other and to God as you learn about his steadfast love for you and you learn to love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So to find out more about this and get your copy, head over to cpgive.org. That's CP as in Christian parenting, cpgive.org. I know this will be super practical and helpful this summer as you want to make the most of all of your time together. All right, friends, hope you enjoy that. And now we'll get back to today's show. All right. I'll, t- I'll confess my challenge with reading aloud. And I truly claim that this is a genetic issue. My dad is mm-hmm. a lawyer, 
he was like a very busy practicing trial lawyer, but he said he had the same problem. When I read out loud, my eyes roll back in my head. Like I cannot stay awake. And it... I will love the story. It will be something I really love, but something about maybe it's my own voice. But as I start to read, I'll be two pages in and like, I need to go take a power nap. And it's so frustrating. Do you have any tips other than coffee or tea for that? (laughs) Okay. Yes, actually. I think this is really super common. I once um, asked Jim Weiss, who does, um, if people have listened to Story of the World or um, Great Hall Productions audio, he's, he's kind of the man behind all those. And he said, oh, it just means you're getting into the story. And I thought, no, I'm pretty sure it just means I'm really super tired. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because if I was really into the story, I think I'd be awake. Right. But um, Andrew Pudua gave me this again with Andrew. He's okay. going to come up all day. Yes. Um, he said that when he feels really tired, he just stands up and walks. That's, that's what my dad said. The room. Mm-hmm. That's what my dad so said. So brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to read aloud when the twins were little and Clara was a baby and I was trying to read aloud to the older kids. We actually mostly used audiobooks during that time. But occasionally when I would do the reading myself, um, I, my kids would tell me like, don't sit in the green chair because the green chair was a big one that you just like, <laughs> oh, and I would be gone or I was so, so tired cozy. all the time. <laughs> you want to, but yeah, it's dangerous. I'm like trying to close my eyes for just a second between every sentence, you know? <laughs> it's terrible. I think I've caught myself before, like the dreams start to weave and you're like no longer reading words, but kind of just like whatever's so going true. on in the dream yes. world. Oh, it's terrible. But I also will say we all have an idea that we should read a lot about bedtime. Yeah. And if that works for you, like that's fabulous. And I wouldn't mm. mess with it if it works great for you. It is not a good time for me to read aloud. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am tired. I'm mm-hmm. also tired of my beautiful, sweet children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I try to read aloud earlier in the day. In fact, sure. it, for our homeschool day, it's the first thing we do. Um, in the summer, mm. that looks different because we don't homeschool in the summer. And so we do a little less reading aloud, um, like traditionally speaking. Sure in the summertime, uh-huh. but we'll do more audiobooks, or we'll yeah. do it over breakfast. Like before ah. everybody runs out to do whatever they're going to do for the day, we'll listen to 15 or 20 minutes of our audiobook over breakfast. Oh, cool. And that can be a great way to sneak some in before you're super tired yep. and, um, and then not feel so guilty. Then I turn on 15 or 20 minutes of an audiobook for my kids at bedtime. Okay, um, and that's then I good. let somebody else do the reading at that time of day. <laughs> so smart. I love that. Okay. I'm going to get back to just some, just throw more questions at you. How yeah. much should parents shoot for a day? How much read aloud is like, does it take to have these effects of? So probably less than most people think. Um, Here's some math. If you were to read aloud for 10 minutes a day, every Mm -hmm. single day, that would be 60 hours over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about you, Monica, but when I hear I have to do something every day, Uh I'm like cold sweat. Like this is not going to (laughs) happen. I totally remember having my kids at the dentist and my now 17 year old son was, I don't even know, 10 maybe. And the dentist said, so do you floss? Does he floss every day? Uh-huh. I mean, oh. I couldn't tell you if that kid is wearing clean <laughs> underwear. I definitely <laughs> cannot tell you if he even knows what floss is actually. Um, the whole everyday thing yeah. feels very overwhelming. So if we just said, okay, about three times a week, so mm-hmm. three times a week for 10 minutes a day, mm. you would read a lot about 30 hours over the course of a year, yeah. which is the entire Chronicles of Narnia or 200 picture books. I mean, you could read a ton in yeah. 30 hours. Yes. So I think we, t- we sort of overestimate what we need to do in a day. Sure. But really, if you just do a small bit every few days, okay. it adds up. Um, the other great thing is once you start reading, your kids will probably keep prompting you to mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's the getting started piece that's the yeah. trickiest. Yes. Um, and I do have a couple of tips for that, actually, if we, Good. If we have time please. for that. Please, please, please. Um, one, one thing is that I found that I got interrupted or my kids didn't, like they were disruptive during read aloud if I didn't give them something to do with their hands. Yes. So even, even my older kids, they might do like calligraphy or my son still, my 17 year old son and I read together mm-hmm. for school and he does push ups and sit ups. I do not, by the way, uh, during, <laughs> oh, during, time, during our audio book time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, we've done Legos, we've done Play-Doh, yep. but if you can even just give everybody a heads up and say, we're going to read aloud in 10 minutes. So gather whatever you need. Oh, so and smart. For really busy seasons when I had toddlers and things, I had a bin that I just threw stuff in. And so when I'd say, we're going to read aloud in 10 minutes, I'd put that bin in the center of the table or the living room or wherever. And then people could just grab whatever they wanted from there to do. And I, I love that. Now, is there any rules? Better. Like, is there yeah. anything that is distracting? Like, 
um, obviously keep, keep screens out of the bucket, but yep. is there anything else that would be like, ah, oh, that actually distracts them more than it helps? So I wouldn't let my kids do any like writing, writing. So like if my girls wanted to like write in their journal, I mean, you can't really form words and listen to words yeah. at the same time. But doodling. So coloring would yeah, be fine. Coloring. Not, I wouldn't let my kids do schoolwork. Um, yeah. Sometimes my very uh, wanting to, the kids that wanted to get done with their schoolwork would try and do, do their math, but I wouldn't Trying to let sneak them do it. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I could do two things at once. Yeah. But then they're either not giving, like thinking hard enough sure. for their math or they're not paying enough attention to the story. Yes. So things that are sort of mindless, like if you think about what you do while you listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. um, those yeah. kind of activities okay. uh, work really well. Okay. And then, yeah, I don't do screens. And then the other thing is if it's disruptive to other people. Sure. So um, Legos are fabulous, but I have something in my body where when I hear like a kid reach their hand into a Lego bucket and we all know that noise, (laughs) every nerve ending is on fire. And so I would say you can bring your Legos, but you have to dump out whatever you want, like ahead of time and clean it up after. Oh, good. Yeah. Make me nuts. Oh, we are all relating to that one for sure. (laughs) Okay. That's super good. And then, um, okay. So, so those are some good tips to get reading aloud, setting aside maybe a time of day, like summertime. How about tips for summertime? You already said morning. Summertime is tricky. And I find that I read aloud a little less in summer Mm -hmm. than I do in other times of year. Um, I think because we're homeschoolers, it like fits into my homeschool day, you know, but here are some tips for um, reading aloud in the summer. Number one is if you're taking any trips at all, audiobooks in those car in a car on a car ride is mm-hmm. fabulous and yeah. some books that are really really good for a wide range of ages the first one that always comes to mind for me are the chronicles of narnia yeah. because they will absolutely capture your teens your husband yeah. <laughs> and your 3 year old and so yes. they're they really appeal and yeah. everybody kind of gets what their imagine is ready imagination is ready for that's so true so um yeah it'll be it, it, it can be a great experience for a wide range of ages um so audiobooks in the car, I, I like to do read aloud audiobooks over breakfast because that kind of mm-hmm. before everybody disperses. That's yeah. another one. And then we do have a thing. I was going to say requirement, but that feels like a really heavy handed word. Yes, yes. <laughs> that everybody reads for an hour a day in the summer. Ooh. And so we have a quiet reading time. We usually do ours in the afternoon because it gets kind of hot. And so it's not uh-huh. good to have to come inside for this hour. And this isn't reading aloud time, but it's independent reading time. And so they're allowed to read whatever they want. I mean, whatever they want within our family's value sure. system, right? So you sure. Know what I mean, by whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I articulate that. So, you know, anything from our family's bookshelves, anything that they've gotten from the library recently that that's um, been right. checked out to them, they can read. So I'm not telling them what to read. Right. But, but this think- isn't an audiobook time. This is a, an actual read with your eyes time. So it could be either, actually. Okay. So for my pre-readers or my dyslexic late readers, um, I would oftentimes let them do audiobooks. But this is everybody goes to their own room mm-hmm. and has some downtime where they're reading. Okay. Um, and we have done before, like made a little bingo card where it's just, you know, some very simple prompts like, um, a book that takes place in Australia or like the, you, so you could do that with a different continent or you could do it with a different time periods, or you yeah. could say a book you've never read before, a book by your favorite author. I mean, you could come up with really like, I guess you need nine for a bingo card, very simple prompts and they could be any length of book. Yeah. Um, and that could be a really fun way too, to get your kids to read outside of their normal genres sure. and not feel like it's like a read this many minutes a day, like right. assignment. Cause yes. what we don't want is for reading to feel like school. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. or like something that they have a to chore. do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we want to remember too, most of the reading our kids should do, should, or will do, should happen after they leave our homes mm. because they're, you know, 18 or 20 when they right. leave our homes. Mm-hmm. So we want to really set them up to be independent readers. So I think learning how to choose books you're really interested in and read when no one tells you you have to. Mm-hmm. These are things that take time, but yep. they can get some good practice in the summer. I love it. Now, do you take a lot of trips to the library in the summer? Where do you get your yeah, books? Yeah, we have a day. Like, so we tend to, ours is usually Saturday in the summer. Sometimes depending on our schedule, that will change. I have a feeling it'll change to Wednesdays this year. <laughs> if any of my local peeps want to come meet me at the library. Um, I love it. So I usually do it every a day a week. Because then I'll remember. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I rack up so many library fines. I was just so going to say, I, at one point, <laughs> I cut myself off from, off from the library because I was like, I am not responsible or mature enough, obviously, to be going to the <laughs> yes. library. So, And it can be tri- – the library is getting a trickier place for Christian families, I is. think. Um, it is. So I also 
a couple of ideas there. If you're like, oh, I want to use a library, but we're not, I'm not really sure how to do that is I oftentimes will use book lists and just put things on hold. Mm. So I'll refer to book lists. We have tons of them at readaloudrevival.com, but there's also the book lists in um, Honey for a Child's Heart or yeah. other recommended like websites that have, yeah. um, you know, other favorite blogs or websites that have great book lists. Redeemed Reader has some really great book lists. Um, and I will use those to like put books on hold and then we just go pick them up so from good. the library. Yeah. And then another thing is our family does have a rule that when you bring home books from the library, all the books have to come to my desk and they just put them on my desk. And then I make it a point to spend 10 minutes. I, I can like kind of look through it and go like, I know this author, or this book, whatever. Yeah. And if there's one that I don't, then I will Google it. I'll look it up sure. on Redeemed Reader. I'll okay. look it up on, I'll, I'll sometimes just type in Christian Review and type in the um, title. Not necessarily to find out. I don't really want someone to tell me, yes, they should read this book or no, they shouldn't. Right. But I do want to know, are we ready to tackle, is there anything surprising in this? Yes. Because that does happen a lot. And are my kids ready to talk about that? And am I ready to have those conversations with them? So, so good. Yeah. And that can be really helpful. That reminds me of another great point to um, benefits of reading aloud is that so many of the stories that we read bring up such great conversations, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they kind of lead us to some of the topics that maybe we've meant to cover, but just haven't come up. So I love that. Yeah, and have those hard conversations that you know you want to have, yep. but they're really easy to put off totally. <laughs> or you don't really want, to, you know, you yes. don't ever feel like having them. Yes. So they never really come up, but a book is a really good, safe place to do that, yep. especially when you're talking about it together. Man. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I listen to you, I just am like, I'm going to start, we're going to start reading more and I get all <laughs> excited, but I really need, because my 12 year old doesn't yet love to read, but I yes. remember yes. my now 21 year old didn't love to read when he was 12 either, but yeah, you know, with a little more nudging and discipline, he now is the one that packs like too many books in his suitcase when he goes to college. I'm like, you have books there, but he just loves to read. So there's hope. If you're if your yes. 12 year old doesn't love to read, it's okay. They might it's okay. And also that. I don't know if he's seen yet, Monica, that there's a couple of graphic novels. Okay, there's a couple of recommendations. Whenever I hear a 12 year old boy who doesn't love to read, I'm like, I've got ideas. Do you Ooh, want good, ideas? Good, good. <laughs> Okay. Um, one are the graphic novels by Ben Hatke, H-A-T-K-E. Um, a 12-year-old probably is going to want like Mighty Jack to start with Mighty Jack. Okay. I know, um, I know And it's like name. a retelling of Jack and the Beanstalk, but it's modern. It's fabulous. Okay. And he's this fabulous Christian author who, and illustrator who's doing work in the secular market. So cool. you wouldn't know he was yeah. a Christian by just picking up his book, but it's got some good, Ooh, good truth okay. in there. I'm going to look that um, one up. And another graphic novel series. Well, there's only been two released so far, although I think a third is on the works, although I have not previewed that one yet, but is called Lightfall. Mm. And that one's by Tom Probert, P-R-O-B-E-R-T. Okay. And those are both graphic novels that I think will appeal, especially to a kid who's like, I don't want to read. Why would I want to read if I don't have to? Right. Um, and then the other one is not a graphic novel. These are not graphic novels, but they're just novels, but the books by Laura Martin, um, the ones I usually recommend first are called the edge of extinction. They're kind of like Ooh. Jurassic park for kids. Okay. But she was a t school teacher, middle school teacher who basically was tired of her middle school students, mostly boys coming in and saying they didn't like to read. And uh -huh. she said, she took it as a bet. Like I bet I could write something. <sighs> sure. there. And she totally has again, another Christian who's writing for the secular market with lots yeah. of good truth, just like tucked so in. So good. And so, yeah, those are really good recommendations. Oh, I love it. Okay. I wrote those down. I'll put them all in show notes. And then you also have lists on your website, right? Yeah. Um, we have tons of lists in yeah. fact. And, um, especially in the summer, the list that seem to be most popular, we have a book list for uh, books that boys love and books that girls love. Okay. Um, obviously not just books that are just for boys, but the uh -huh. boys like have a better tendency of being sure. like, mm, you know what I think. So, and we have them broken up by different ages. So those are all at readaloudrevival.com. Okay. You'll see in the top menu, there's, it just says book lists and you can okay. find a book list there. But you can also, if you're listening to this episode and just want a direct link, you can text uh, books to the number 33777. And then I'll send you the book list that way. That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> Books to 33777. Awesome. Yes. I'm going to put that the same in the book list that too. you'll find on the website. So if you don't text or you don't want to text, Look at you can just you. go to readaloudrevival.com. You're all techie. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I love that. Do your kids help you with all your tech stuff? 
They, my older kids definitely yeah. do. Yes. In fact, when I'm trying to figure something out on my phone and my, oh. now my oldest two are gone because they're at college and my yeah. third one, he's always busy. And I'm like, I oh know. no, but the 11 year old's right there, you know, where she yeah. can be like, give me your phone, mom. Yes. <laughs> my oldest son studied data analytics in college and he's working in that field now. But when he comes home for like Christmas, I'm like, okay, here's my list. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Capitalize yeah. on that. Oh, where did he go sure. to school? Uh, he also went to Westmont College in Santa okay. Barbara. So teeny, teeny little school, but um, he's they're, they're both doing great. Oh, there's so much. Like I know I can't keep you all day, but maybe we'll do a part two. So if if people have follow-up questions, want to talk more about reading, would I'm putting you on the spot. Do you like this? Yeah. Would you be willing? Of course. You don't even have to, <laughs> to finish asking that question. I would love to. <laughs> awesome. And also people are, if they haven't checked out your podcast, there's just so much good stuff there. But okay. I, I, we're going a little longer than I usually do, but I, I have a feeling nobody's complaining. Tell us about <laughs> your new books with your new publishing house, your boutique publishing house. Tell us and when and where people can get them. Oh, thank you so much for asking. It's yes. very fun. Um, so, fun. so our first couple of books are picture books. Um, and the first one is a little more beautiful, the story of a garden about a little old lady who makes the world more beautiful that nobody by planting seeds and taking care of the neighbor, the village cats and, um, just making the world lovely, but no yeah. one really sees her. Mm -hmm. And so, except for a little girl. Little so girl. when this old woman is, uh, taken away from her home to a new home, mm -hmm. the nursing home, yeah. um, the, everything kind of starts to wilt and mm -hmm. the things that she was doing aren't, weren't carried on. So the little girl takes on the work of Lou Alice is the name of the older lady, uh, but also realizes there's something else she needs to do. Like some, mm -hmm. something that God, I, I don't say this exactly in the book, yes. we don't, but something that, you know, God put her on this earth to do that mm -hmm. she, only she can do. So she's got to mm -hmm. figure out what that is as well. Mm -hmm. um, how does she make the world a little more beautiful herself than it's it was so when good. she got here? And it is beautiful. Um, and the illustrations are beautiful and the writing is beautiful. So the title is especially fitting. Thank you. It's been a, it's a, been a really steep learning curve because, mm -hmm. uh, because of the work we do at Read a Lot Revival, I'm very, turns out, I'm very picky about how picture books look oh, and bet. feel in your hands. I bet. <laughs> and so um, yeah. it's been really interesting to learn how to do this ourselves, but um, it's like the path is made by walking, you know, and we're yeah. walking it and I feel like uh, we're figuring it out every step of the way. We're kind of like, oh, okay, this is how this works. So Everything is figure good. outable basically. Right? Yes. So the second book, actually, you could probably get a peek of it. It's right there. Yeah. I'm I looking over your approaches. shoulder. Oh, uh, it just arrived today. My final copy just arrived in the mail. That one's coming out this fall. And it's a little nighttime story book, picture Yay. book about a little shrew and her nighttime adventures. Mm. So we have several picture books coming out maybe like every six months or so. Yeah. We'll be rolling out another one. We've got some plans for some and, little great And novels. you authored the second one as well? Yes. Yay. I authored the first several picture books. Okay. Um, and they're all illustrated by someone different, oh, which is okay. really fun, different yeah. styles uh -huh. and kind of helping us slowly get our feet wet so that we can become, we want to just become a... a publishing company that authors and illustrators really want to work with that are also making the stories that we know Christian families really want in their homes. Mm. Good stories that are timeless and aren't necessarily like coming down with a particular message, but mm -hmm. that have truth tucked in them, kind of like the stories that I was mentioning before. Yeah. Oh, um, so and good. that kids just love to read and that parents love to read aloud. Because you know, when especially with younger kids and picture books, you're reading those books again and again and mm -hmm. again. And so it helps if it's not torture. Absolutely. <laughs> it helps if it's a good book. Oh, it so does. It so does. And before we wrap this up, I want to note, if someone listening has teenagers, like is there any, any ceiling? When do you quit reading aloud to your kids? And I have a feeling you're going to say what I would say, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> I don't quit reading aloud to Yay. my kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My 17 year old and I are listening to an audiobook right now um, together. My oldest two girls, when they come home in the summer, will probably join us for some read alouds uh -huh. or audiobooks. Um, it's just sort of something we do in our family. Yep. We just, we're mm -hmm. always reading something yep. or listening to an audiobook together. I um, love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. And my 19 year old who lives, he travels for surfing, but when he is home, he doesn't, um, you know, he'll tell anybody 
I love it when my mom reads aloud because he just will sit and eat lunch and be like, go ahead, read something. And so it's really Oh, special. does that do your mama heart? Like oh, make it grow three sizes? Totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just have to stand up and walk around, but yes. That's right. <laughs> to keep your eyes so rolling in the back of your head. And what's totally. so good is when they're older, you can all take turns too. So that's fun because the older yes. kids can read as well. And yeah, oh, it's so special. Okay. I get to ask you a quick question from your life. We talk about amazing around here, something that's a pleasant surprise or causes wonder. Is there anything you can share from your life recently or currently that is has been amazing? I love that definition of amazing, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, just hearing you define it that way makes me go, oh, there's so many things in my life that mm-hmm. are amazing that mm-hmm. I could recognize as amazing if mm-hmm. I reminded myself to yep. define it that way. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just this morning, Um, we got together with some old friends and they hadn't seen my 17 year old in a while because we've joined a different homeschool co-op and these, this friends, we just, you know, we've all been doing our own thing. We got together and we were walking through a park together and seeing my, my 17 year old son, like towering over everybody now, of Mm. course. And this was the same rascally child who was causing all kinds of problems (laughs) in the homeschool co-op when he was eight, six, seven, eight. Um, I was kind of just like, I guess this kind of circles back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I'm so, I'm in wonder and awe that Mm -hmm. parenting actually works. You know, it feels like every day we're doing this thing, feeling like we're not enough, not Mm -hmm. sure how God is going to turn this water into wine. And yet he does over and over again. Mm. And it feels like such a grace to watch older kids Mm-hmm. spread their wings and fly, yeah. make mistakes and fail. But yeah. like we get the privilege of getting a front row seat and yeah. getting to cheer them on. Mm. And to me, it feels uh, amazing. That to is watch amazing. Them. Oh, and yeah. somebody out there needs to hear that. There's somebody listening right now, some little ones driving them crazy that need to know <laughs> this is truth. Oh, that is so fantastic. Okay. Well, we're going to have some packed show notes today. I'm going to be linking to everything we talked about and more, but if somebody wants to just hop online and follow you right now, where can they go? Best place to go is readaloudrevival.com. That's where you'll find the podcast and my book list. I am not on social media anymore, so you might find old accounts there, but uh, the best place to connect with me is right on the website. And okay. The I didn't realize yeah. you're not on social media anymore. Yes. You know That's what? A big, um, bold move. We, it was I'm a big move. I don't think I'll ever go back. <laughs> well, yeah, we, uh, we, I took a break last fall and then decided at the beginning of this year, I think we're just going to see, yeah, I just kind (laughs) of like not having that in my, in my Uh, regular routine. Sure. Good for you. Good for you. It's a complicated thing that social media, but it is complicated. I have a lot, There's of, a lot of good happening there. I was having yeah. a hard time finding it with all the noise that was happening it, in my own head. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those things you kind of learn about yourself and you go, do. Mm, I'm not sure this is what God wants for me right now. Or maybe it is exactly where God wants you right now. Yes. Right? Yes. You just yeah. listen to him. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I have a feeling we're going to get some good questions and I'd love to have you back to talk more. I'd be so happy to. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And again, be sure to grab all the links over at show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash Sarah dash McKenzie. And just appreciate you being here. Please continue to spread the word about this podcast. We've got some really great stuff coming up all summer long. So let your friends know that I'm here. And if you're not on my email list, that's the best place to be so you don't miss anything. I love to bless all of you on my email list and you can join that at monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, guys, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha.